Hi, welcome to the Tabernacle Talks podcast. My name is Gary Boyd, and I'm the pastor of the Collinsville Baptist Tabernacle. We're so glad that you've joined us for today's episode. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage and challenge the members of our church through interviews and discussions. We hope that today's interview will be a blessing to all of our listeners. Today we're joined by uh, Pastor and uh, Pastor Emeritus, I guess I should say, Brother Bruce Humbert. And Brother Humbert, thank you so much for joining us here on the Tabernacle Talks podcast. It's good to be with you today. Well, we've had Brother Humbert here with us at the Collinsville Baptist Tabernacle uh, during this past week for our annual missions conference, and we have really been enjoying our time together with him. He's been preaching to our people, and it's been very beneficial for our church, and we wanted to give you, our listeners, a chance to hear from him as well. And recently, Brother Humbert uh, released his first book, and uh, I've been reading that throughout this week. I meant to have it finished before the episode was recorded, but I've still got about a chapter left, Uh, but so far I've just really been impressed and appreciated the things that he has been bringing out in this book. And so, Brother Humbert, why don't you talk to us a little bit, uh, introduce yourself, tell our listeners about who you are, uh, where you've ministered, and what you're doing now. Well, it's a joy to be with you and your people once again. I was saved when I was eight years old. I was called into the ministry when I was a freshman in high school. And then I surrendered specifically to be a youth director between my junior and senior year. I've always had a burden for teenagers, and quite frankly, that's the only thing I ever wanted to be, was a youth director. I never really wanted to be a pastor, and certainly not an evangelist, but uh, obviously as you follow the Lord, the Lord takes you down even different paths that you didn't think were possible at the time that you yielded to Him. Twenty years ago, Elmer Deal and a couple of other older preachers encouraged me to write. I am what some would call a fundamental, independent, narrow-minded, King James-only, red-letter edition, no-fun Baptist. But I've never, to my knowledge, have been mad about it or mean-spirited about it. And uh, though the crowd that I hung out with A lot of times the spirit just didn't seem to lift up Christ. And I'm not being judgmental of them. I'm just saying from a young man, it just uh, sometimes offended me and offended a lot of people needlessly. And so I have always tried to maintain a, a love for people, even if they weren't right. And even for preachers that didn't agree with me exactly. And I think Brother Clifford Clark and Brother Elmer Deal, they both um, appreciated that and asked me to write, especially in those particular areas. I'm not a gifted writer. I'm not a trained writer. I'm not even certain that I'm a good speaker. But during COVID is when I finally yielded to that um, calling to give it a shot, to see if I could write, and and especially on the subject matter of the church, since the church is always under attack. It's not like COVID um, was a starting point. It really accentuated what's already been happening. And so today we have people that actually prefer virtual church. Of course, I don't I don't understand that because that's certainly not what the New Testament would indicate. 
Um, God started the church. He loves the church. He died for the church. He meets with the church. He empowers the church. He gets glory in the church. Somebody ought to wake up that reads their Bible and get the idea that, you know, the church is a big deal to God. Everybody that gets saved in the New Testament gets baptized. An unbaptized believer is an oxymoron. Uh, Harry Ironside used to say it was a contradiction of terms. Everyone in the New Testament got saved, got baptized, and added to the local New Testament church. Most of the New Testament is written to New Testament churches. And so we know that the church is important. It's important to God, and it's important for those of us that name the name of Christ. And being important, you know that if God is hated by the devil— the devil is also going to hate his church. And so Satan has always tried to destroy it. He's tried to divide it. He tries to discourage it. He tries to distract it. And today he tries to duplicate it. The best way to make a currency um, without value is to duplicate it. And, of course, we see that in our own country, but we see that in the spiritual world, too. And um, when a Christian or a supposed Christian says that he actually prefers virtual church, when he is capable of being in church, man, it just makes me wonder if he's a virtual Christian. Hmm. Because a New Testament believer wants to be in a New Testament church. And Hosea says that God's people, they're destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And it's not because the knowledge isn't available. It's just that today we're preoccupied with TV and entertainment and pleasures and fun. And the average Christian today is really a Bible ignoramus. And our churches have become impotent as a result because. You can't ignore the word of God and be a man of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And today, people that probably, maybe, possibly are saved, but not spending time in the word of God can be so easily misled, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that blows through. And that all kind of came together as a motivation to write this book. Like I said, I'm not a gifted writer and obviously um, uh, felt very inadequate. So many of my peers have better stories and better minds and better talents. And I thought, well, I'm going to write since I feel like the Lord's leading me to do so. And if all I do is cause other preachers to say, I could do a better job than that. Well, good. We need more men to be writing and uh, passing on what we know, what we've seen in the Word of God and then seen lived out in our lives to pass to the next generation. And so as my preaching style is, I'm not very deep. 
I just take the deep truths of the Word of God and make them as simple as I can so that young people and the average church member can get a hold of it and not only just say amen in church, that they agree with that doctrine, but they get it. They understand it. And it makes sense to them. And it gives them the confidence to be bold in their declaration of the importance of the local New Testament church. Well, I know as I was reading it, uh, so many of the things that we've been dealing with just on a, on a preaching schedule time here at our church uh, were being reinforced uh, in the book. And I really appreciated that. And so as a pastor reading it, I've, I couldn't help but think, man, I hope some of my church folks will get this book and will read it. Because like you said, there are things in there that not that I'm super smart or all that deep myself, but uh, things that maybe I think about more than the average person does. And so there were things in the book that were encouraging to me and resonating with me. And yet I feel like they were presented in a way that any person in my church could pick this book up and deepen or, or strengthen the things that they're hearing on a weekly basis in our church. And I really appreciated that. Uh, who are you hoping mainly will pick this book up and read it? Is it mainly for pastors or students or church members? Well, I'd like to think that every preacher already knows the content of this book and has preached it himself on numerous occasions. My desire is to be a help to the local pastor and sometimes just another voice, just a different personality, teaching and preaching the same truths um, can be picked up by his church members. Because obviously, every pastor wants his church to know and to appreciate the value of the local church. And uh, that's why we have guest preachers in. We're not going to say anything different. And if we are, we're not helping the church. And so really, a guest preacher comes in really to just reinforce what the pastor's been teaching and also to maybe motivate them to act upon it. Because sometimes uh, after hearing the same preacher's voice week after week after week, our church members can almost tune us out. And, and having a guest speaker in or having a book such as this gives our church membership the opportunity to think and to think differently a little bit about the same truth that's been expounded from the pulpit. And obviously, every pastor, though he wants to be the one to help guide his people, he really doesn't care who it is that gets his people to do right. A pastor just wants his people to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I would like young people to be able to read it and to get it. The joy for me is one of my grandsons, James, is calling me every week. We have a, a book review. And each week we, we go over a chapter. And I was excited because to, to date he is still not baptized. And he's a young teenager and a very quiet just one of the kindest young men that you would meet, somewhat shy. And so I was anxiously awaiting 
our review of chapter 4 that discusses baptism. And after his study of, of that chapter, I asked him, I said, James, what do you think about baptism for you? I know you haven't been baptized. Maybe you didn't understand how important it was. Maybe you didn't understand the instructions in the Word of God, but now that we've studied the Scripture together, what do you think about that? And it was a joy to my heart to say, Papa, I, I need to get baptized. Amen. And I'm going to ask my pastor if it would be all right if, if you could baptize me. And so for me, I'm looking forward to Christmas this year, not for any presents that I might receive, but the joy of getting to baptize my grandson in the local New Testament church. I would imagine that made all of the work and effort uh, to yes. write the book all worthwhile. Yes. What was it like having to write a book? Uh, different people seem to have different opinions on that process. How was it for you? Well, again, I don't know much about it and um, it took about two years plus I started actually with a series of sermons that I had preached probably 15 20 years ago on the subject matter and other than illustrations truth is truth it's the same truth that I preached 20 years ago and it's the same truth that other men before us have preached hundreds of years ago and so I had something to work with to get started, and since I travel every week, seldom sleep in the same bed for more than five, six nights, and um, sharing a hotel room with my wife, it's really um, challenging to do any study. And so it probably took me longer than it would take um, the average guy. And so after two, two and a half years working with an editor who seemingly enjoyed criticizing everything that I wrote <laughs> and us debating back and forth and him reminding me that the written word is different than the spoken word and uh, helping me with my grammar and sentence structure. Uh, it didn't come easy for me at first, but I learned a whole lot during this process and quite frankly feel like I'll do a much better job on the next uh, project that I begin working on this summer when I will be home for three months and hopefully be able to make some progress on writing another book. And so, yes, it was a learning process. I'm certainly still not a gifted writer, but I've been trained a little bit. And so I should be able to do much better the next time in my writing abilities. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're going to write another book or going to begin that process. Uh, as I was reading it, one of the things I think is a strength of uh, your preaching that comes through in the writing is your use of stories and illustrations. And uh, I enjoyed several of those. The uh, the story about the cyanide, that really got me. I didn't know where that was going <laughs> until the very end. Uh, you'll have to read the book if you'd like to know what that's all about. Uh, but throughout, you have great quotes. Uh, I'm thinking of the quotes that you had of uh, the different leaders of the different denominations actually supporting uh, the Baptist mode of baptism. And uh, I just think it's a very strong book. Like I said, very understandable, very easy to read, uh, but also full of life and character 
that I know so many who have heard you preach appreciate about uh, your approach. Uh, I also noticed that your disdain for the vegetable uh, peas carries through into your writing, uh, with each chapter having a, a pea in the title. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about why you hate those things so much. Well, when I was a young fellow, somebody convinced my mother that if she wanted a healthy a healthy boy to grow up to be a strong young man, she needed to feed him green peas. And so she began her crusade to get those little green dirt bombs down my throat. And uh, for me, peas are just one of those foods that just really do make me nauseated. Just the aroma, the smell of a pea uh, makes me nausea. And um, early on, she tried to coerce me to do so. She would uh, put them in with vegetable soup. She would mix them in with mashed potatoes. She would even put them in corn off the cob, knowing how much I loved corn. Uh, one time in, in her futile efforts and frustration, she got very upset with me. And she, she took a tablespoon, I'm not exaggerating, she took a tablespoon and filled it with Hershey's chocolate syrup and put three of those little green dirt bombs in that spoon and said, Bruce, it's all in your head. Now eat this. And she shoved that spoon in my mouth. And of course, I was licking off the chocolate syrup from the peas, from my teeth, from my inner, uh, my mouth. And the movement of my mouth made my mom think that I was actually chewing the peas. That I wasn't intentionally being deceitful. She just came to a premature conclusion. And so she left the room, and when she did, <laughs> I spit out three green dirt bombs unscathed, not a scratch on them. Even to this day, I don't care for peas. And, of course, the young mothers, they ask me not to preach against peas because they're trying to do the same thing my mother did, get their children to eat peas. And so I guess uh, to relieve my conscience, every now and then I'll alliterate a sermon and certainly this book with the letter P just to show young people that there are some P's that are actually good for you. <laughs> well, um, you had mentioned before that the one chapter that you would have liked to revisit and expand uh, is the last chapter of the book, and I believe it's on praise uh, in the church. And um, here at our missions conference, you spoke a little bit about uh, praise and the place that it holds in our prayer, uh, but also in the book you're dealing with praise as it relates to the church. Would you like to expound upon that here for our listeners just a little bit? I think the healthiest churches are not only churches that are grounded doctrinally, and there is no substitute for that. We have to dot our I's. We have to cross our T's. But sometimes we become proud of ourselves. The scripture says, knowledge puffeth up. And sometimes we can become proud of our theology, when in reality it's not our theology. It's God's. And we forget that 
Everything about church is to point us to our great God, and He is worthy of our praise. And if we're going to ever feel God and experience God, I know some Baptists might even get a little nervous when you talk like that. But you know, God made us with feelings. Feelings are a horrible guide. Feelings are a horrible God. But if you're right with God, you're going to feel right. You're going to feel good. I'm an older person now, and my body seldom, if ever, feels good. But Bruce Humbert that lives inside of this house feels great a lot. And the reason for that is because of my God. And when I praise him, I experience the presence of God. Psalm 22, 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. God dwells, or as the young people would say, God hangs out where his people praise him. Amen. You want to feel God? You want to experience God? Praise him. Just talk about him. Lift him up. That's what church ought to be about. I'm an Ohio State Buckeye fan. And when I see someone wearing scarlet and gray, I don't even know the guy. Yet we'll greet one another with O-H. And he'll reply, I-O. And sometimes we'll start talking about our team. We'll talk about our coaches. We'll talk about past teams and past victories. And we talk as if we're lifelong buddies. I think that's the way it ought to be in church. For crying out loud, if we can talk about sports that mean absolutely nothing, how much more the Creator God, who is our Father, and we ought to be able to talk about him with fellow believers. Talk about his greatness. Talk about what he's done for us. Give him thanks. Give him praise. And we will actually feel his presence. Amen. Well, I highly encourage all of our members and uh, listeners to check out the book. And it is available on Amazon. And it's called uh, What's the Big Deal? about church. And uh, it's a great read. It's it, uh, going to take you long. And uh, it's about 125 to 150 pages. Uh, but definitely check that out and pick up a copy. And if you're a member of the Baptist Tabernacle and you would like us to help you get a hold of a copy, we would be happy to help you do that. Brother Humbert, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the podcast and appreciate your ministry to our church uh, in the recent past and looking forward to being with you again soon. Thank you. God bless you. We would like to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. To the members of our church, we hope to see you in a service soon. If you're not a member of our church and you are ever in the Tulsa area, we hope that you'll come by and see us. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can find us online. We are on Facebook and Instagram, and our website is cbtchurch.com. If you enjoyed this interview, you can help us out by liking and subscribing using your preferred podcast provider. Thanks again. We hope that you have a blessed day.